Hello, and welcome to The Jam. This is for when your life and your toast are a little dry. I'm Joanne. And I'm Maddie. And together we make The Jam. And we're excited to sit here and chat with you. So grab a cup of something delicious. Enjoy the show. (laughs) Have you ever done pork rinds as a chip alternative? Oh, yes. I did them for nachos. Oh, yeah, for like a classic keto thing. I bought the big like Sam's Club container of it and my roommates were like, what the hell are you, why do you need so many pork rinds? And I was like, "Mm, I don't think they go bad, really. No, they don't. That's the thing. I'm going to Costco today and I'm hoping to find one of those big tubs. I hope they have them at Costco. I've always found them at Sam's Club because I mooch off of my mom's Sam's Club membership. And I don't want to pay for my own Costco. I don't blame you. I know. It's been a year now since you gifted it to me. So I oh, have to I gave that to you. I forgot. I'm a good friend. Was it for me and Anna? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great, like, wedding gift or baby shower gift. Yeah. I'm glad you're getting some use out of it. I went to Trader Joe's this weekend in Columbus. I went to visit Arvin. Mm-hmm. And I love... Trader Joe's during a pandemic because they only let 45 people in the store and it's a very pleasant shopping experience. At least in Columbus, they only let 45 people in the store. It was very nice because usually Trader Joe's, I feel like, <laughs> like walking through the store because there's just like a shat ton of people, but maybe because I, I always went after mass on a Sunday, but it was very yeah. nice. They have good meat and dairy, vegetables. I already said dairy, yogurt, that's dairy, crackers. We kind of want a little ham on the on cookies. See, but. the thing, I want to say I like saw there was an article about it, that Trader Joe's, they literally make all their money on the dumb shit that they sell. Yeah. Like they yeah. on like the vegetables and the yogurt and the eggs. They make it on like the tutti frutti, gnocchi, sweet potato, sage, and free demons like stuff yeah yeah like the like the baklava and the samosas and the like turkish delight and organic pumpkin rind pizza crusts or whatever i went to trader joe's you were on the phone with me that's right i almost bought some chocolate covered almonds because I, I thought of you, but I didn't mm. get them. Remember when we got those for ourselves for Valentine's Day one year? Didn't we get that? Didn't we buy ourselves flowers and chocolate-covered almonds? Well, for sure got flowers. Maybe they were peanut butter. Kind. That, uh, I don't remember it, but there's a lot of things that I've done that I don't remember. You don't remember when we bought ourselves flowers on Valentine's Day? We're like, I'm a strong, independent woman. I can buy my own flowers. Do or have done. We filmed it. It's on video. It's one of the episodes of our vlog. It's hilarious. It's one of my favorite episodes. Last time I went, the last two times I've been to Costco, they have the sample table set up. Mm. And the last time I went was like somebody was sampling the Smart Pop popcorn. Uh-huh. And they were giving out the little bags of popcorn. Oh. And well, after like going back and forth enough times, like trying to make sure I had everything I needed, I, re- I realized that they were giving out like snack size bags and you have like, there's big signs that say, don't remove masks to eat food, like must eat outside the warehouse, whatever. But then I went back to go get some nuts and it was near like the refrigerated section. 
uh-huh. and there's guy and I want to say there was another setup of like a frozen wontons and it was literally just this lady standing behind plexiglass with frozen wontons pulled out of the box so you could just see like the frozen like wonton or whatever it was like in the through the clear packaging out of the box and I'm like that's not appetizing why would I you could eat that you could just like a show and tell yes they were just looking at the raw food in the packaging. I'm pretty Aww. sure this is what it looked like for me on the outside. Then I'm going to get some nuts and I see this guy like has Chobani. They had little, like a pack of like, I don't know, 800 single serve Chobani cups. 800? I don't know. It was, it's not like eight. It's oh, like okay. Okay. <laughs> You're exaggerating. You said it so like, okay. No, no. So I'm, so this is the other reason why I think that for some of things, they don't actually sample it. They just stand there with the product. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm in the nut aisle and I hear this guy saying like, Chibani, single serve, fruit on the bottom, uh, you know, healthy, delicious, yum. Chibani, fruit on the bottom. And I was like, oh, like, who is he talking to? <laughs> I like turn around. There is no one around. <laughs> and I wish I had gotten my phone out to record it it was he was just staying there not really that enthused about it but like barely raising his voice <laughs> I was like they told me to stand here and say this and I right. feel like an idiot <laughs> I was like I feel like this is what Dave would be if he was like because this man was like I don't know 60 he was like, 60. like a Costco and they were like, okay, you have to sell this. And he's like, it's stupid that I can't give samples. And they're like, yeah, well, too bad. This is what you need to say. Getting <laughs> there, repeating it again and again because he has to say it. Where everyone else, like, standing at the Ghirardelli chocolates or whatever, is just like, wow, what a cute baby. Look at your baby. Wow, a baby. And I'm like, you're not even trying to get your product because usually that's how they get me in. And then they're like, have you heard of Ghirardelli chocolate? And I'm like, yeah, no shit. I've been alive for more than five seconds. <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, I was like, why are we sampling Smart Pop popcorn? Most people have already had it, and we all know that it's good. Yeah, that's how they hook you in, though. Because you feel guilty, you take one, and then you're like, oh, maybe I should take more. Like, that would be a good idea, you know? I feel like that's how they get you. That's how they really get you. (laughs) Do you want to know something else crazy? What? This weekend, I went, when I was in Columbus, we went to Top Golf. Have you ever been to Top Golf? Okay, well, I've seen it. Neither had I, and it was very fun. Yeah, so it was Arvin and his sister, and then their friends who they live. It's a uh, a couple. They're they're both from India too, but they like live on the floor above. Oh yeah, they get yeah, yeah. For like a year. Anyways, this is my first time meeting them, but they came to Top Golf with us, and we had so much fun. But yeah, girl one, never played golf before, but I got these six shots and I got 12 points two times in a row. And I was like, oh, I guess I am good at golf. <laughs> wow. I just felt like I was on top of the world. So now I think I like golfing. Oh. So that's cool. Yeah. I, when I played mini golf and we went to Ocean City. I actually was winning for like half the game. Ooh. And then I think we started playing mini golf at like 8.30. And you I'm like, me, Dave, oh. me and Dave and um, Dave's parents and Ray, his brother. 
And I was winning. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was getting all of these, like, two. I never got a hole in one, but I was getting every, like, all these holes in two. I was so proud of myself. And it was, like, me neck and neck with Rick. And I was like, this is so, so dramatic. <laughs> and then I, like, just, I feel like this is what happens with mini golf is that I start pretty good. And then I just tank. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, I had, like, three or four holes where it was, like, five I hit it, got it in in five, and so it's just like, and then I, so I ended up losing the whole game, even though I was first for half the game, and it made me so mad, because I was so, like, I was like, I never win, this is amazing. You just got overconfident, that's what happens to me, too. That, and it was like 9.30, and I was like, I need to go to bed right now, and Charlotte was still awake, and it was just bad for everyone. Yep, it's getting past your bedtime, I know, I feel like I started to turn into a pumpkin after 10. Is it is it time for bed yet? No. Well, last night I really did turn into a pumpkin. We watched The Social Dilemma. Oh, I keep, and... people keep telling me about that. You'll have to tell me what you thought. I haven't watched okay. it yet. Well, I started to fall asleep, like, sitting up. And Dave's like, how can you fall asleep during this? And I was like, don't judge me. And so then I just, like, fell asleep on his lap because I was like, okay, well, I know that you're, like, riveted by this. And, yeah. So um, I fell asleep during the half, the second half. Well, not the second half, just the like the last twenty minutes. Mm. But um, I I should go back and watch it. Dave told me what they said, but anyway, basically, any insights? yeah, any insights? Basically, the social dilemma. I felt like most of it you probably already know. Mm-hmm. Some of it you'll be like, I know I do that, but I forgot. Mm. I, it's basically these people talking about how the algorithm on social media pinterest youtube Mm -hmm. facebook all of there's an algorithm that can watch like how long you engage with a post like even just how long that post is on your screen yep and it learns your preferences and then will put things up that make you want to stay on the platform longer and then it also like the way they work with advertisers is that they say if you give us 10 million dollars we'll sway like the 1% of the population or 1% of people's opinions to favor you. So you might start seeing, like, if you Google, like, how to kill COVID, you might start seeing all of these Clorox ads Mm -hmm. that will convince you that Clorox is, like, the only way to kill germs. Mm. But, I mean, like, the extreme example that they gave was, um, you know, you are watching political stuff and you know, every time you click on that, like, it tells the algorithm you want more, so then you get sucked into the this rabbit hole so you get on your Facebook and you only see people that agree with you and that encourage you know this Mm. ideology and then you end up with like extremists and so they're they talked about how like this can be a very powerful tool to sway people's opinions because Mm. of that and basically they were like some people were like you should delete it social media is evil and other people were like um you need to just have boundaries and you need to have clear boundaries. You need to turn off your notifications. Like don't become a slave to your cell phone. You know, I mean, I think a lot of the things that we all kind of know that we should be doing limiting screen time, blah, blah, blah. And then they talked a lot about kids and cell phones. And I was like, well, I already wasn't going to give Charlotte a cell phone until she's like out of the house, but Mm -hmm. not really, but you know, like just the importance of like kids get on social media and then their worth is in how many likes they get and whatever yeah so like it wasn't groundbreaking and it definitely the it's more of a like a docudrama so it feels like a horror movie but the horror person is the cell phone 
So like the lights are dark in the house and the cell phone buzzes and then it's like as the person like goes from the fridge to the cell phone and you're like, all right, like, you know, is someone (laughs) going to commit suicide in the end or something? And no, it's like really nothing like horrific. They just make it, you feel that way Mm. with all this stuff. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's so crazy. We were talking about this. Some of my coworkers and I were talking about it, and we were talking about how, like, growing up, we weren't allowed to have cell phones. Like, I had got a cell phone when I was 16, but me and my two sisters shared it. It was, like, Mm -hmm. a family phone, and we could take it if we, like, drove someplace, or we, like, were meeting a friend or whatever, and it was, like, just a flip track phone. And then when I was 18, I, like, got this Android touchscreen, and I was, like, Oh, the coolest thing that ever happened because I have this phone. But that now, like, my siblings have, like, phones. They don't have, like, they don't have service on them. But they've had, like, an iPhone that they can, like, access the internet on and stuff like that for different apps or, like, mm-hmm. calling, like, Facebook kids or whatever. Is that what it's called? Messenger kids where they can like message with their friends from school. And so I was thinking about like me growing up, like if I didn't have a phone, it wasn't social suicide. I just like, none of us had a phone. I memorized my friend's home phones. I called them when I wanted to hang out or I walked next door and knocked on the door, you know, where now it's not as like, I feel like there aren't like as like kids can't be like free range. Like I feel like I was kind of just like a free range child. I just kind of like, yeah. I mean, I told my parents where I was going, but as long as I stayed in the neighborhood, like, it was fine. Right. Like, there's this more, like, I don't know, like, fear to let your kids, I don't know, like, go bike someplace or go walk someplace, and that the cell phones are kind of almost seen as, like, a necessity, or if they don't have one, they'll be, like, an outcast, and maybe that's being dramatic, but... I don't, yeah, I don't know. Have you and Dave, like, thought about what you're going to do for Charlotte? I mean, not really, because she's so far removed from that, because yeah. she's only, she's 10 months old today. Mm. Um, happy so, birthday, Charlotte. I know, happy birthday. So, um, yeah, so because of that, I think we're, we're kind of in agreement that we want something that would, like, there are these phones that you can get for kids that, you can only text like certain numbers that you program in. And it's, mm. I think it looks like a smartphone, but it, you can only text and call, like you can't use the internet or anything on it. Um, so we've thought about something like that, which still gives them the ability to like communicate with their friends. I've also thought about doing some type of like family computer, like in a, a uh, shared. Yeah. So that like when they get a little bit older and they want to like, talk to their friends or something like that like they have a way to do that because I do think that part of the problem is that you know we're all digital and so like unless you give your kids a phone like kids aren't going to go out of their way to do something different to communicate with your kid I mean ideally I would love for Charlotte to just have friends that you know could do what you were saying and like call each other or um like I would get a landline for that or just like you can call my cell phone and I'll give it to my you know like I'll let you talk on it or something and just make sure I like keep an eye on you or whatever. But, um, yeah, like I, so I, I'm hopeful that that could happen. And the community that I live in right now, all the kids 
like the parents are of similar mindset. So like, I don't think a lot of kids like badger them for cell phones because we all live in this neighborhood and a lot of them are homeschooled and they all play with each other. And so none of them have cell phones. So it's not Mm -hmm. a peer pressure thing really. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I mean, I don't know when Charlotte gets to be that age, but I was thinking somewhere around 16 is probably when we would get her something because she'll be by herself for longer periods of time. And that way she has the ability to contact us if she needs something, even if it's not like an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's interesting what you said about the community piece of it, because that's what some of my friends were saying is like their parents had like parenting packs with other friends. Like, okay, we're all not going to let our kids have cell phones until they're this age or like things like that. So that the children didn't feel like they were the like outcast and the parents Mm -hmm. like they were the bad guy because all the parents were kind of like in it together. And I love that idea about being able to live in a neighborhood where I can like trust the other families around me and it actually be like a neighborhood and the parents be on the same page about those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. I think it would make it like so much easier to be kind of like countercultural if you were like all being countercultural together, you know? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely think that because it's the peer pressure that makes them want it, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. Or the, or ads, but if mm-hmm. you don't, I mean, not many people do ads for cell phones. I guess some people do, but everybody wants the newest smartphone. Why waste your money? That's true. I think. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I love my iPhone. I'm not going to lie. It's very, very convenient, but I find myself like getting sucked in. Like I kind of like purpose, purposely decided like, you're not going to put any games on your phone. The other day I thought about like deleting my Facebook and Instagram, but then I got cold feet, but I was reading this book by um, Simon Sinek, Leaders Eat Last, and Mm -hmm. they were talking about how like in the digital age, we're like constantly multitasking. Like I'm working on a project at work and I'm checking my cell phone and I'm like waiting for my email to come through from someone and we're like doing so much, but we're kind of doing everything a little like half ass because our attention is so divided. And that was very hard for me to hear, but I felt like called out because I was reading the book and like waiting for a text message and had my computer open. So when someone like emailed me for something urgent at work, I could like respond to it right away. Yeah, but then I was being less efficient in my reading because I was focused, like my attention was drawn in so many things, but I like value multitasking so much, like talking on the phone and washing the dishes or going for a walk or sweeping or whatever. But I guess it's kind of like two different, it's two different things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I definitely um, value the ability to multitask as well. Mm-hmm. because there's too many things to do in a day. And I, and I find that sometimes I just don't feel productive if I'm doing one thing at a time. Or I was just saying, so like, yeah, I'm doing what I need to do, but I could be doing more. I yeah. Guess. I feel the same way. But do you agree with the premise that like multitasking is actually more 
inefficient or not? I guess it really depends on like the multitasking. I think it depends on the multitasking and it, it depends on the person. So for example, like if I fold laundry and listen to a podcast, for the most part, I can get what the podcast is saying as long as it's not like too heady sciencey. I mean, like I can still learn things, but it has to be something that I feel like I have a grasp on decently well and that it's not like, you know, a ton of words that I don't know or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can then fold the laundry in the same speed. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little bit slower because I would be thinking more about how much I hate folding the laundry if I wasn't listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. But like today, for example, I watched a movie while I folded the laundry and I definitely feel like that was like anti-production because I would like stop to watch the movie or, then when I was done with the laundry, instead of taking it upstairs and putting away, I sat on the couch and finished watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, all the time that I could have like multitask and more, I did it more to like enjoy myself than I did any other reason. But um, yeah, so I definitely think it depends on like what you're doing multitasking um, and then what you're able to like comprehend. Cause sometimes there are podcasts that I'm listening to and I'm like, I have to, to listen to this some other time because I can't like drive and process this and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah, I agree with that because I can like go for a walk and talk on the phone and be more productive. And like, then if I were just sitting and talking on the phone, I'm more present like when I'm moving or I could like talk on the phone and organize my closet or paint my nails or whatever, something like that. But yeah, yeah. I have a hard time like listening to music with lyrics and like writing emails. I like get super distracted. That's interesting. So I guess I do agree with it depending on what it is. When I get on social media, I have like this love hate relationship because I feel like there's a lot of value that certain accounts, let's just use Instagram to kind of like play it easy. There are accounts that I follow that like give me good like nutrition advice or fitness or like healthy living, like a lot of things that I legitimately learn or things I didn't know. And so then I, you know, do some more research or like add it to my list of like things I should think about or whatever. So I do feel like there's value and things that I very much enjoy about Instagram. Yeah. And then I see like one person from high school or college post something that totally makes me either like angry at them or like wow I did not think that you were like that kind of person like it just sounds like they're spouting off something that sounds good or whatever yeah so that's it's like stuff like that that I'm like I don't really understand the thought pattern and I think that the thing that irritates me too is that the underlying message is good like talking about uh, your cultural heritage or this concept you know like being like self-care or something like that. Like those things are good to talk about, but when you word them as like, you need to read this, like if you don't think you need to read this, then you definitely need to read this. And I'm like, well, now I just want to stab you. Like I don't (laughs) want to read whatever stupid thing you put on your Instagram. So it's, it's the passive aggressive, aggressive nonsense that Yeah, that's rough. It's rough. It can be a dark place that social media. It really is. Cause you know what I, you know what I do, Joanne, is I just judge people. It feels, it's like, it just feels like the vehicle through which my judgment can like 
come out like why is so-and-so doing this why this why would they say that blah 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 because I think to myself like okay this person might be posting a lot about something that I find annoying now all I see all I know of you is like this Mm, person yes but then if you were to go hang out with them they probably would be super normal and say like really normal stuff and like not at all be the captions on their Instagram pictures that you think aren't written very well. And so, so yeah. So I think that part of me is like, maybe I should unfollow the people that I'm friends with because otherwise I'm thinking before I see them. I mean, some, a lot of these people live nowhere near me. So it's like, well, I'm never going to see you. But if I see them, I'm not thinking about like the stupid stuff that they post on their Instagram. I'm thinking about like, the one-on-one interactions that I've had with them. And if they say something stupid in person, I feel like I'm much more apt to like have a conversation about it than just to get angry and be like, are you kidding me? Like you would put that out there for the whole world to see. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like it's other like people that you had a relationship with that annoy you or is it just like stupid crap that people share? I think it's like, a combination. I think there's like people that I knew from my like past life, I guess, past life being like high school or um, mostly like high school or like people that I grew up with that we've totally like chosen different paths for our life. So I feel like it is one part of me is like, oh, it's nice to know what so-and-so is up to. And then the other part of me is like, do I even care what so-and-so is doing? Like I care about them in the fact that they are a son or daughter of Jesus and I want them to be happy, healthy, and holy, but I don't really need them in my life, you know, or like how much freer would I be if I just like didn't know what was happening in like Susie Joe's life from high school who I never like see anymore or talk to anymore, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, because it is nice, like, when I have friends, like, especially from high school, because I really, like, don't talk to many people from high school at all, like, to see them having babies or whatever, but I guess, like, that is a good point. It's not that I don't care about them, but it's, like, that's not a part of my life anymore. Yeah. And if we, if I saw you at, like, the dollar store when I go home, I am so happy to catch up and learn about all that stuff, and I'm, frankly, just as happy to learn about it in the dollar store checkout line as I am to like creep on your Facebook. Probably more happy to run into them in the probably. dollar store line that's, and to just like be scrolling. <laughs> they see me scrolling and judging, you know? You know? That's true. Yeah. Because I do feel like a lot of people's online persona is so different than their real life one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it gets tricky because I'm like, I know that you're more than you know the whatever you see that just that irks you you know and that you if you're saying you could have a real like relationship with them and the older I get and I shouldn't phrase it like that but the more (laughs) life I live I guess the more I'm like I really want to spend time with the people who matter to me Mm. you know the people who build me up the people who I feel like are helping me become the person I was created to be and vice versa. And I want to invest my time in them. And how much time do I just waste like scrolling, seeing like people that I don't really care. Not that I don't care about them, but people who don't have like, they're not in my life anymore. You know, they're like digitally in my life, but like 
I don't need to know where they're going on vacation. And I don't need to know, like, I don't know what they eat for breakfast. I know. I should it's like, why do we on, on like my community right in front of me, the people that I've been given to like love and cherish right in front of me instead of trying to like, I don't know, troll on these other people, <laughs> you know? No, I get that. And is that, I oh, feel like gosh. maybe is that the part of your life <laughs> that you want people to see? It's like your family. I don't know. That's those. Where I feel like I would rather have those kinds of conversations with people who are closest to me and share that like opinion or information instead of just like broadcasting it out to the world. Because yeah, I feel like you make the most change, like influence, like communicating and sharing with the people in your circle of influence instead of trying to go out. Yeah. Yeah, we're both getting kind of yawny, aren't we? I know. Oh, no. Oh, my phone's at 1% SOS. Oh, okay. and it's 9 p.m. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Jam. Be sure to follow us on social media, check out our website, and come back to your favorite podcast app for our episode next week.